0: Welcome in, everybody, to Big 12 Football and Beyond for this Thursday, February 13th, where we talk all things college football, a lot to get to around the country. Former Big 12 school, now Pac-12 school, Colorado in a coaching search as uh, Mel Tucker has left to go to Michigan State. We're going to get into that, some other news and notes around the country, and get into Obviously, uh, conference news. Got some draft news, draft nuggets to drop on you. Certainly some recruiting nuggets from the class of 2021. Guy here or there, I think that's going to stand out and uh, in and have an early impact as a freshman in the Big 12, as well as a complete breakdown of the Big 12 recruiting classes and uh, also get to you some... Uh, News from out of Texas and Tom Herman, and as they get ready, not quite yet, but get ready and look forward to the off-season program, a little bit what's going on there in terms of uh, player personnel and moving players a couple of different positions. We're going to get into all of that here on today's show. A reminder of a couple of things. This podcast, as well as our podcast every Monday through Friday, of the college football variety um, can be found under Landry Football's Conference Call, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, Landry Football's Conference Call is where you want to sign up. That's where you will get this podcast every day. And you know by now how we're doing it. Uh, We're talking college football every day at the top and then going into some more conference-specific talk With a different conference each day, Monday, SEC, Tuesday, ACC, Wednesday, Big Ten, Thursday, Big 12, and Friday, Pac-12. So, we've got a lot to get to. Don't forget, when you sign up for Landry Football's conference call, you get our NFL podcast. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we break down all things NFL. All brought to you by our good friends at 401k Generation, the experts in financial planning, money management, investments. Uh, they are a full-service financial group. Licensed in all 50 states can help you in whatever situation you're in. Fact-finding mission, uh, mission, second opinion, um, 401ks, IRAs, whatever. You've got any questions, they can help you by calling or texting them at one 866 998 5879 That's one 998 5879 Eddie Rojas and his great team at 401K Generation. If you're like Eddie, or uh you are someone that's looking to promote your business, we can do that for you. We can help you with branding. Uh we our listeners are all around the country, uh big football fans and Obviously, uh, a lot of folks that are likely interested in certain products, and we can help brand that for you. All you got to do is go to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris. Number of different packages, TK can uh, TJ can offer you. Whether it's um, you know website here in the podcast, we've got a lot of different things that we can bring out for you. So we will uh, get back in touch with you. you. Got a question? Same thing, go to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris, and we can uh, certainly answer your question here on this podcast. Well, uh, today, again, we're going to go over every recruiting class in the Big 12, how it looked, how it stacked up. But let's get to some news off the top. Um Most notably, obviously, what's going on at, well, Michigan State, now Colorado. A lot of discussion about what happened. Um, And and this is another notice that I want to bring out to you. Um, I hope that you are members of LandryFootball.com because you get up to the second updates, A, by following me on Twitter, at LandryFootball, and then over at LandryFootball.com in our notebooks. When news breaks, We'll have it for you. We'll have the details. We'll be able to vet it out for you. And that's what happened last night. After I uh, sent in the Big Ken and Beyond show, about an hour after, got word on Mel Tucker leaving Colorado to indeed take the Michigan State job. Well... You know, uh, we've kind of gone back and forth on looking at it, but due to the production that's needed to get it done, have to cut the podcast maybe a little bit earlier than I'd like to. The guys have to get it turned around for early morning drop for you. So with that said, um, understand that when you get it in the morning, it's as up-to-date as we can get it by, let's say, dinner time, you know, the night before. But there are things that happen during the course of the evening, so we implore you to check the latest at LandryFootball.com. And that's what happened again last night. Mel Tucker left Colorado to go to Michigan State, and you're probably thinking, wait a minute, didn't he take his name out of it? Well, we mentioned on this podcast um, and on LandryFootball.com that he took his name out of it because they had decided to go in a different direction they, meaning Michigan State, and their interim athletic director, had pursued a number of folks, thought they had Luke Fickle, did not get a deal consummated with him, went back to Mel Tucker and made him an offer. Mel was always interested in the job. Um, but it, And I think there was a level of interest by Michigan State. But there's a courtesy involved. When you're going to offer the job to someone else and you feel like you're going to get a deal done, you allow the coach that has their current position to take his name out of it because if you're Mel Tucker, you don't want to basically have your name associated with the Michigan State job as the Colorado coach, yet have them hire someone else. Then it makes it seem like you tried to get the job, but you didn't get it and you're still here. Now that's exactly what would have been the case. And we explained it as such. But you don't like doing that if you can avoid it. The reality was he was interested all along. If he wasn't, then he wouldn't have taken his name. I mean, he took his name out of it because they were going in a different direction. But fortunately for him, they circled around and they made him a tremendous offer. Now, you know he's under a lot of criticism for what he said and denying his interest you damned if you do damned if you don't as a coach look i'm not a big fan of mel tucker i don't know that he's going to have that much success at michigan state i don't think he was going to have that much success at colorado the reality is he more than doubled his salary he's got double the uh financial resources budget for his staff, and certainly the facilities are that much better. Look, it's Big Ten football money versus Pac-12 money, and there's no comparison. So when you sit there and think, well, Colorado is just as good a job as Michigan State. No, it's not. Financially, it's not. For Mel, he's also from Cleveland, got a lot of Big Ten ties, so there's a lot there. Now, whether he's successful or not, whole other answer to a whole different question. But going back to what should you say. Probably could have handled it better. You know, the reality is if you don't take your name out of it, then you're basically saying, as I said, that you're interested in the job. And if they hire someone else, which if Luke Fickle would have accepted the job, that's who they would have hired instead of Mel Tucker. Well, then Mel's out there now with his administration and his fan base, everybody knowing he wanted the Michigan State job, but he didn't get it, so he's at Colorado. Well, you don't want that. You want to have it publicly, PR-wise in today's world. Yeah, Michigan State came after me, and no, I, I backed out of it. I've taken my name out of it. I want to stay at Colorado. That's the image you want to portray and as it K as it turned out here Michigan State didn't get who they wanted they circled back to Mel and you know there you go he's got egg on his face but people are gonna get over it and certainly he's not he's, he's gonna laugh all the way to the bank he's got all that money in essence If they had offered the job to Mel Tucker at this price at the beginning, he would have accepted the job a week ago. You know, they didn't offer the job to him. It's not like they offered it to him, he turned him down. didn't happen that way. You know, that may be the way they'd like to, you know, portray it. So, what do you expect? Look, we know that it's a pure business if you're male and you can get more years on a contract and get more than double the money, look by the time they figure out you can't coach, you've put in a lot of money. It's just the reality. It's maybe the ugly part of the sport, and I know we get a lot of that. It's just the way it is. And I'm not gonna sit there and be cynical and say, ah, get over it and all this, that, and you know, it's just the way it is. Simply the way it is. Um couple of other notes, uh, I do know that Mel has reached out to Kentucky associate head coach Vince Merrill, very good friends, uh, about a job there and making the move. We'll see how that will play out. Um, it could be a seven-figure offer. So it's going to be tough. And, again, with that um, budget, it's going to be tough for Merrill to turn it down. We'll see. Colorado now has an opening. They have named Darren Cheverini as their interim head coach. The offense coordinator is the interim head coach. He's a CU alum. He's been on staff since '16. Um, he was on the Mike McIntyre staff that survived the Mel Tucker regime. We'll see. They're gonna. Uh, I don't see Brian Harson taking the job, and I don't see Eric Bieniemy taking the job. You know, people have. You know, put the connection. Eric, the enemy, he's going to come home. Look, I I don't know what Eric wants to do, but I, I think I have a pretty good idea. Eric's making really good money at Kansas City, and he's going to be an NFL head coach. You're going to go to Colorado, even though it's your alma mater, and, you know, Mel Tucker's making $2.5 million. Look, I mean, you can get that at Kansas City as an assistant, and, you know, you can – get a $7 million, $6 million a year gig as a head coach in a year and you can, you know, be at a place where you're going to win, be successful, you're going to go home to your alma mater. I mean, do you, look, I mean, Eric Bieniemy would have left Colorado, his alma mater, to take a job that paid five and a half, six million $6 million a year. So, look, I'm not a big fan of Mel Tucker, but I also know that it's the very reason why Eric's not going to take the job. You know the oh I'm gonna go for old state you know my old alma mater. Look, it's a business, and the bottom line is Colorado's a good job. It's better than a G five job. There's not a job in the Big Ten that's not as good, or or they're all better than Colorado. Yes, every one of them, because there's money there. There's Big Ten money. I mean, you can go to Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, any of them. There's a boatload of money, about 60 to $75 million a year more per school. Of course it's a better job. Financially, it is. may not win any more, but you've got... Big time money. It's a Pac-12 issue, not just a Colorado issue. So that's just the reality, and maybe it's a bigger picture topic for where we go with, look, schools in the Big 12, schools in the Pac-12 don't have the mega TV deal that the SEC network, the Big Ten network, and now you know the ACC network's going to bring bought some big monies to those programs, it's a huge gap, folks. And it's going to make it tougher. Keeping up with the Joneses are going to be tougher and tougher. So we'll see where they go. Um, it's a good job, but again, there's a reason why you leave it. And Mel was there for one year. He's a mercenary coach. But again, a guy that, look, he's getting while the getting's good. As I said, by the time they figure out, He's not that good a coach, and he's not the answer for Michigan State. He's going to be a very rich man, and he can do pretty much what he wants after that. It's the world we live in coaching-wise. Some other news around the country I'm going to get to, some big news. Former Oregon four-star athlete Anthony Beaver Jr. has reopened his recruiting. Beavers has verbally committed to Oregon since last April, but he's now – Looking at USC with ace recruiter Dante Williams out from under Oregon. He recruited him at Oregon. Now he's getting to consider USC. This is what USC needs. We'll get into more in this tomorrow show. But this is what they need. Get on the 2021 class. They've not been a good early starting recruiting uh, outfit. But Anthony Beaver certainly is a good talent. We'll see how this will play out. He's um uh it it's uh, really um a positive sign at least that USC's at least in um in the picture with trying to get involved with early recruiting with the rest of college football. Ohio State obviously awful issues going on with a couple of nondescript players but Jason Went, the corner and the other corner Amir Reap, both have been uh, uh Dismissed from the team permanently is they're involved uh, in an in alleged rape issue, so uh, and a kidnapping issue, so we'll let that play out in the courts. But that is certainly uh, not something that they needed um, much time to decide on in uh, in Columbus, North Carolina is going to hire Cleveland Browns former Cleveland Browns tight end coach John Lilly to serve in the same capacity. Uh, he was on Freddie Kitchen staff. Obviously, Carolina losing their outstanding tight end coach and recruiter to Florida, Tim Brewster. So some Big 12 notes around uh, some draft nuggets. Baylor cornerback Graylin Orna, 5'10", 1'9". He's coming off a junior year in which played very well. He got was Big 12 uh, all-second team for me. Played the ball well, had six pass interceptions, 40 total tackles. Got big playability. Uh, he also can be a good returner on special teams. Uh, I am I am concerned about some durability issues. He's reached double figures in games played just once during his career. Uh, staying half, healthy and with his ability to come up and force as a tackler is a concern. But I think the guy has enough ability to have a really good career at the next level. We'll tend to take two or three guys like this, just, you know, periodically just kind of give you some film room nuggets. And, of course, the complete scouting reports on all of these players and draft boards are going to be up on LandryFootball.com as uh, we get through the combine here in a couple of weeks. Darius Anderson, running back at TCU. Like his size, like his athleticism, Um uh, I am a little bit concerned about his run instincts. Uh, he shared the running back duties with uh, Oladu, uh who's uh, projects to be an undrafted uh, free agent who's got some kick return ability. Like this kid, though, I think he's got nice ability. I'm a little disappointed for Oklahoma cornerback Parnell uh, Motley. Did not receive the uh, invite to the combines. One of the best defenders in the class to not receive a combine. He's six feet 180, plays stronger than his frame. Um, good opportunity for him. Uh, he will get an opportunity in an alternative combine in his pro day to show what he can do. The film shows he's a pretty good player. Look, as I've mentioned before, having run the combine myself, you it's not the top 350 or so players. It's, it's by position, and there's a cutoff point at each position. He's certainly – uh, one of the top 350 players in this draft. I um, want to get into some more recruiting news and transfer news before we break down um, uh, the recruiting classes. But um, some recruiting news. Um, I tell you what, let's get into some transfer news before we get into the recruiting news. Uh former Missouri Redshirt senior cornerback Christian Holmes has committed to Oklahoma State as a graduate transfer. Six foot, two hundred pounds, threw his name in the transfer portal near the end of January and settled onto a new home. He's a grad transfer. He's gonna be able to play immediately. He's a three star kid, twelve starts over the past couple of years. Um uh he's good you know, pretty good tackler, uh did a good job defending balls in the air. So, really solid addition that can compete for a starting spot for the Kyle Pokes. Uh Former Stanford Redshirt senior defensive lineman Mike Williams is transferred. The SMU, remember, uh, it's Big 12 and beyond. It's national, and it's also G5 schools in the region. Uh, SMU is getting a 6'2", 290-pound two-year starter for Stanford. Um, and he did get some playing time. Um uh they've had uh, some a lot of players leaving there and seeing the fit. This guy's got one year of eligibility and can play immediately. So good get for them. North Texas redshirt senior Rico Bus, uh, Bussey has entered the transfer portal. He can transfer wherever, wherever he likes with immediate eligibility. He had an ACL in September last year. Appeared in only two games. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me, he hadn't completely ra- – right. hadn't um, – previously redshirted and uh, he'll look and see and uh, probably some p5 um, suitors they'll be out there we'll see where he ends up some coaching news SMU has moved running back coach Chris Brassfield to special teams coordinator that kind of moves some guys around they moved uh, Rashad samples to running back coach with Bradfield pushing over to special teams coordinator They didn't have an outright special teams coach last year, and they really struggled in that regard. Um, So you got those two moves there. Former Texas redshirt freshman uh, quarterback Sam Saxon uh, transferred to Stephen F. Austin um, in December. Um, Texas hired former Indiana co-defense coordinator Mark Hagan as D-line coach this past week. It's a few days old news, but in case you haven't uh, got that news, he's a really good recruiter. He's going to get the title of associate head coach on defense. Uh, They'll divvy up defensive line duties with Oscar Giles, who previously coached the unit by himself. So he's a 29-year coaching veteran in the college ranks. Texas Tech hired former LSU lead defensive analyst Kevin Cosgrove to serve as linebacker coach. Matt Wells hired, of course, Todd Orlando to coach the linebackers in January when he subsequently left to go to USC to be the new defense coordinator Uh, It opened up the linebacker coach position. Cosgrove's really good coach. He's been around a while. He's very successful as a defensive coordinator of Wisconsin. A really good ad for Matt Wells' staff there. Baylor has hired uh, Louisiana Lafayette outside linebacker coach and special teams coordinator Matthew Polidge to serve as special teams coordinator. He's a former Sam Houston state team captain. Um, Coach at his alma mater, one of the best special teams in the country. So really good get for Dave Aranda. USC has hired uh, former Kansas State uh, special teams analyst Sean Snyder, uh, Bill Snyder's son. Um, You know, I I, I think that getting, you know, listen, I think Sean's done a nice job, um, but I think he needed to kind of get away and uh, USC's, been able to give him a, a role there um, uh, as their special teams coordinator. So happy for him. And Texas San Antonio Director of Player Personnel, Barrick Neely, is also going to serve as the running back coach for the school. Some other notes around the league. Uh, Texas, Tom Herman. Redshirt freshman running back Jordan Whittington is going to move to slot receiver, six one two fifteen. 215. So he's going to be one of those, those uh, stocky slots. He recorded only two catches for 17 yards and 19 before suffering the sports hernia that derailed him. Um, And only one scholarship running back, Keontae Ingram, Ingram, which necessitated Rashawn Johnson move from quarterback to running back. Even considering the lack of depth at the running back position, they like Whittington best as a slot wide receiver. They lose uh, starting wide receivers Colin Johnson and Devin DuVernay, so – it's gonna be some opportunity for Whittington to earn some playing time. And um as I mentioned, sophomore running back Rashawn Johnson will remain at running back six two two twenty, originally recruited at quarterback, but they made the move uh to back up uh, Keontae Ingram and he's gonna stay at running back. So good move there. And then on the defensive side, junior safety BJ Foster is gonna undergo shoulder surgery struggled with injuries last year, was limited by a hamstring injury early in the season before suffering the shoulder injury in the 40 to 50 to 48 Texas win over Kansas managed to, to return a play in the 38, 10 bowl win over Utah, but re aggravated that shoulder and, uh, and uh, Herman indicated that Foster needed to, to wait for the damaged nerve to settle down before going under a knife. So he'll uh, expect it to be ready for training camp. So we'll keep you up to date on his status as we get closer to fall practice. And then Houston redshirt sophomore, you remember him, uh, edge rusher Yibi Anoma. Remember, he was a highly recruited kid, 62-45, five-star recruit, went to Alabama. Ended the transfer portal last January, January, got out of the portal, got back in the portal. Then decided uh, in July to go back in the portal again and never enrolled uh, in classes for the summer, re-entered the transfer portal, ultimately ended up in Houston. Um, He's got basically uh, dismissed for violation of team rules. Uh, I think it was the final straw type situation. It's a perfect example, folks. Have said it before, of a young man that just doesn't get it, and you hope he matures, and you don't know that he's even going to have a college career, uh, not much less a good one. Just you know, not really available, and uh, not able to do the things that you need to do off the field. More players miss out on a great career because of what they don't do off the field or their injury situation. Um, TCU redshirt sophomore quarterback, Matthew Downing is not expected to participate in spring practice due to an undisclosed injury. The 6'1", 195 pound kid did not see the field while working as a backup behind Max Duggan in the fall, but he and uh, Matthew Baldwin have been ruled out for spring ball. That actually leaves Duggan as the lone scholarship quarterback who will be healthy when practice, uh, you know, um, uh, Kicks up again, so they have several walk-on guys, but very thin in the quarterback room. And uh, hopefully, they can get those guys back for uh, um, for practice. But they're going to miss spring and going to have to. A lot of guys, young guys, are going to need some reps. And we'll see if they maybe add somebody in the transfer portal. We'll keep you up to date as we always do every day in our college football notebook. It's why another reason why you want to be a part of Landry Football. All right, some uh, idle recruiting notes before we get into the breakdown of all the Big 12 recruiting classes. Put a bow on. And by the way, we've got breakdowns on LandryFootball.com. As you get more into March and get more film under my belt, I'm going to do an even more detailed breakdown of the recruiting classes, the top 50 classes nationally, um, who did what, you know, top players, and uh, just more detail, Uh, but we've got a breakdown by conference, and we'll get into some discussions on it, Hit on some high points for each of the schools, but I've mentioned this on a couple of platforms, so it's going to be repetitive uh, for those of you that have listened, but I think it is well worth the listen for, uh, again, and for those that are listening to this show, um, maybe for the first time this week, Uh, we talked about Of the five star prospects, 30 of them that they were approximately in this 2020 class, 19 of them signed with Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State. And 47 out of the top 100 with the same five schools Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State. I mention that here. No Big 12 schools, no Texas. No Oklahoma on the list. The talent gap widens, and I will implore everyone, whether it's USC out in the Pac-12, Texas and Oklahoma, there is no excuse for Texas and Oklahoma to not be what Clemson is. You know, people will say, oh, you know, I get this excuse sometimes from the Oklahoma fans. Well, we're just stuck. We're in the Big 12, and that's just the way it is, and yada, yada, yada. You're Oklahoma homa and you're Texas, the University of Texas. Clemson doesn't have any competition, and they're not in a good league. They Dabble talks about how the league's better, and yada, yada, yada. It's not. Clemson knows how to do it. Every bit as good, if not better, than anybody in the country. Oklahoma and Texas has the resources to be every bit as good as Clemson. They don't have the TV contract. But trust me, Texas has the money. Oklahoma has the money. They can do things in terms of staff, in terms of focus on recruiting. It's To me, it's about coaching, and it's the overall direction of both of the programs. Lincoln Riley is a little bit too um, high on himself as an offensive guy and hasn't figured out how to become a great football coach and build a great defense. Hopefully he can do that. Tom Herman certainly haven't even proven that he's, Got much going for them at Texas. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in both Texas and Oklahoma. Good classes. We're going to get to them in a second, but they're not in that top five range. And there's a big gap. And you can look at numbers about well, ten is fine, nine is fine, eleven is fine, twelve is fine. Next, with the best of it, get into the top three and five. Those programs are capable of doing it. Every reason in the world to do it. Other than the fact they're not doing as good a job. Um, I do know this on a positive note. Oregon's four star 2021 verbal commitment, um, Seven McGee, said he would like to take visits to LSU, Colorado, and Texas, 58167. He has his LSU trip scheduled for March 25th. He's been committed to Oregon since the fall of 18. He's from Corona, California. Quick, explosive, offensive, darting player. Can play wide out, running back, uh, do-everything guy. He's one of the top 100 overall prospects in the 2021 class. Type of speed guy that a Texas could utilize, as well as anybody. Iowa State receiver a verbal commitment from three-star 2021 tackle Jim Boniface, 6'6", 255, Got some growth room. Picked uh, Iowa State over Louisville, Northern Illinois, South Dakota State. He's a local get for Iowa State. Currently plays at Dubuque High, is the 13th best player in the state of Iowa, 68th best tackle in the 2021 class, a developmental guy. That's what they do. Good get for them to get him even uh, before Iowa gets on him. And TCU four-star 2020 offensive line uh, offensive lineman Garrett Hayes. I want to single him out a little bit. I think he can come in and watching this guy play, and really studying how TCU runs their offensive line, this guy's going to get a chance uh, at tackle early. Uh, I think he's a better long-range fit at guard, but this guy is really a good run blocker, and I think he helps them early. So remember Garrett Hayes, the name that can have an immediate impact, unusually so, for an offensive lineman. Uh, early impact as a freshman. All right, so let's get into the recruiting classes, shall we? Let's get into tech, Texas's class. Not a huge class. There were not a lot of what I would call massive needs, but they just need to just put consistent classes together and maybe get a little bit more impact-type players. Um, you know, you've got the on-the-field issues. You've got the coordinator and staff changes. Those things, when you make mistakes on your staff, and you have to make changes on your staff, it it upsets the continuity in recruiting. So when you're not doing a good job on the field, it affects your recruiting, and then you have to make the changes that only set you back a little bit recruiting-wise. Uh, and, and it's probably the biggest difference between, say, having a top 10 class or, you know, in that 10-12 range as opposed to maybe top five. Um, I do like the quarterback uh, Jaqueden Jackson and Hudson Card, the running back, B. John Robinson, is really good. I think they're continuing to build some depth along the offensive line. Top 300 caliber players in Jake Majors and Logan Parr and Jalen Garth bring some different dimensions and strength to the position. I think four-star Andre Carrick might have the most upside of the bunch. At receiver, they've got a top 300 uh, player in Troy Omiri and four-star slot, Dejon Harrison, will likely have to play early. Top 300 athlete, come Kevontae Dixon is a young brother of uh, Keontre Ingram. Uh, Got 10-6, you know, uh, 100-meter speed. So uh, receiver, the secondary, continues to be uh, a strength, and they've added some talent with Keaton Crawford and Jaron Thompson and Xavier Alford and defensive line. Alfred Collins is a musket over Alabama and Oklahoma. And top 300, Vernon Broughton. And the senior defensive tackles Sawyer, Gore, and Welsh, bring more size, much more needed size to the defensive front. Need more bodies there. Oklahoma, class probably wasn't as good as last year's, but good group of receivers. It was still good. It's more about the lines and the flash, so I like a little bit of the trend there. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's a, it's a you know top 10, top 12 class. The defense continues to improve under Alex Greenwich, and I think the improvement of talent that I've been critical of may be getting a little bit better. That's my hope. I do like the ads of junior college defensive tackles Perry and Winfrey and Joshua Ellison. I like four-star outside backer Reggie Grimes. It's I think can bring a really good edge pressure. The kid from Tennessee, outside linebacker Brendan Walker and Shane Whittier. Uh, the Jukal corner, our safety, Justin Harrison's got cover skills like that. Uh, so I think they've got three Juckel kids that are plug and play on the defense like that. They've got a top 300 safety in Bryson, Washington. Um, four-star corner, Kendall Dennis. Got good ball skills. Kid from Florida on offense. They've got Top 300 and uh, 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 Stanford Flip and Marvin Mims Jr. Uh, he's a record-setting receiver out of Texas. They've got a really good athlete, Michael Henderson, that can play tight end, fullback, H back, even a big slot. They've got a receiver, Davin Ingram, that's good hands, a good route-running ability. I think the tight end Jalen Conyers is a good system fit for their offense. I think the running back Seth McGowan. Uh, brings good downhill strength and versatility. I think the O-line class is loaded with top 300 players, Uh, Nathan Anderson and uh, Andrew Ram and Anton Harrison, the tackle, Arian Parks, uh, another four-star offensive lineman. So I like what I'm seeing, and I want to see that impact on the defense and that defense take the next step and maybe play better complementary football with the run game. That's what I want to see out of Oklahoma. I think they can be, they've, they've slipped from where they've been, but I think they can not just be a team that could be the best of the Big 12 and let's slot them into the playoffs, but then get outmatched to a team that can be a little bit more competitive. Um, TCU, last year's class was huge. This one was made up of smaller numbers, but it's got uh, crank, got some talent there with, more high end prospects than anybody but Oklahoma or Texas. The defensive tacklers are the main guys, a few great defensive backs, uh, but getting better. I thought with some good wins in state, um, a top maybe 300 class overall nationally, I think the top 300 caliber receiver, Quentin Johnson from Texas, beating out Arkansas. For top 300 offensive tackle, Garrett Hayes means the guy that I just talked about that can come in and play. I think he's going to be a guard eventually. I think this guy's run blocking is superior. One of the best run blocking guards I saw on tape in all of high school this past year. I think he plays right away and it wouldn't surprise me if he started at guard this year. Um, They got the flip from the four-star safety, Bud Clark from Virginia. Um, they got the, a win over Arkansas and Texas with wide receiver Savion Williams. They got a, a top 300 caliber um, Jaquise Sorrells. Um, good get there. Three-star receiver Caleb Medford's got some upside, I think is underrated. They've got all, the offensive line shored up a little bit with three-star Altrick Barlow, Michael Nichols, and JUCO transfer Brandon Coleman. Good steps in the right direction there. Defensively, they've got a corner in Keontae Jenkins. Um that's really good. And four-star defensive tackle, Patrick Jenkins, I think is underrated. And the guy that I think uh, LSU missed on personally, junior college linebacker Jamani Hodge is going to be a really good player and play well early as you need to as a JUCO kid. Iowa State, Matt Campbell continues to do a good job bringing solid prospects. They, um, it's a – um. You've got good talent coming in for the passing game with some good offensive linemen. It's it's not in that elite category, but it's really good. Top 50 class in Ames is good. Top 300 quarterback in Hunter Deckers and Aiden Bowman. They beefed up the wide receiver position with uh, the Juco, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, who can play well early. Three-star Daniel Jackson and Aiden Bittner um, I think can – can help them early. Tayden Pauls and Brady Peterson I think can be good offensive linemen. Junior college defensive tackle of Trail Bankston. And three-star defensive tackle Johnny Wilson will compete right away. Three-star outside backer Arquell Smith is undersized tackler. The safety, Mason Chambers and Craig McDonald bring good size and range. Good, Good class. West Virginia, Neil Brown had a year to work with. I thought he came up with a pretty good class with some variety. It wasn't all that bad considering last year, but I thought this year was better. They attacked both sides of the line of scrimmage at both the high school and junior college levels. Four-star Akeem Mesidor was a good win. Top Juco defensive tackle Quay Mays and three-star defensive end Sean Martin were really good gets. On the offensive line, four-star guard Chris Mayo leads the way. Got a good uh, Juco um Player in Terry Stewart, that can help him on the line. Three-star guard Jordan White and Zach Frazier. Also good offensive line signings as, um, you know, the quarterback, Garrett Green. Interesting guy. I know Neil and his staff like him a lot. Three-star cornerback David Vincent uh, Vincent Coley. And three-star linebacker Linnell Carr could hit the field early. Three-star outside backer uh, Torius Simmons has a really good ceiling there. Oklahoma State. Got really good prospects uh, in this class, not a lot of elite ones. Um, they continue to get like solid classes, good evaluation, top 45 caliber, uh, 50 caliber, top 300 quarterback. Shane Illingsworth, junior college quarterback Ethan Bullock, uh, but they've got needs filled on the offensive line at corner. That's where I thought they had good impact. The four-star guard Trent Pullen. Three-star guard Eli Russ, three-star tackle Monroe Mills and Cade Bennett are all good players. Three-star wide receiver Matt Polk, three-star tight end Quentin Stewart are good bets uh, to have early impact and they're too deep. At corner, they've got three-star Corey Black and Jamar Muhammad are good grabs out of Texas. Three-star corner Jordan Reagan is a good win for them within the state. Three-star linebacker Cole Thompson and Mason Cobb look like guys that can play as well texas tech It's uh better um now that matt wells has had a little time they've got some versatility they signed a top 50 class uh they had some growing pains on the field it basically was what was left over from cliff kingsbury um they needed a lot more direction and organization a lot more talent they got a four-star receiver and luke um Fuyongi was a good victory over Texas. They've got a talented class on offense overall with the running back, Taji Brooks, the wide receivers, Miles Price and Jalen Polk, a good three star receivers. I think a sleeper tight end and John Holcomb. On defense, they've got a good three star defensive end and Philip Elijah, quick first step guy. Three star outside backer, LB Moore, can rush the passer from the outside three-star inside backer Derek Lewis, and three-star defensive back Ryan Frank and Nate Florida. Really good, rangy playmakers. And three-star Juco linebacker Christian Merriweather uh, is going to play early. Kansas State, with a full year under Chris Kleiman, was able to get a pretty good class. Um, uh, Didn't do a whole lot in the offensive line last year, and they focused on it. Uh, They addressed a number of needs. They've got – handful of defensive linemen in the class led by uh, one of the top JUCO players in Kamari Gaines, a defensive tackle, three-star JUCO defensive tackle Robert Hentz and Derek Newton, three-star defensive end Nate Matlock and uh, Ronald Triplett and Cody Shufflebean, three-star um, Jeremiah Harris, outside linebacker Darquise Hayes, safety Malachi Mitchell, are really good players from this class, three-star cornerback Jahiri uh, Smith, Has a real competitive guy. Uh, They've got a quarterback and three-star Will Howard. uh, They've got a tight end, Will Swanson's a really good player. Three-star receiver, Deuce Vaughn. And on the offensive line, Whit Mitchum and Juco guard, Dawson DeVorge and Sam Shields, I think are good, uh, good gets for them. Baylor certainly was affected with... Matt Rule leaving. I thought Dave Aranda did a good job holding it together. They built a pretty good staff pretty early. they got Blake Shapen out of Louisiana. It was a long-time Arizona State verbal. They've got a top 300 defensive end um, and top 300 player uh, overall. Uh, James Sylvester was a TCU flip, uh, which is really good. Three-star Tay McWilliams could play running back or outside backer at the next level. Three-star Jahadi Barron is a really good corner. Three-star corner Mike Harris out of Alabama was a one-time Arkansas verbal that they flipped. Three-star Juco uh, corner uh, Alpheam Walcott could compete early and play early. The tight end Drake Dabney and the uh, the outside backer Will Gardner were good uh, players coming out of the Houston area. And three-star tackle Gavin Byers is one of the more athletic linemen in the uh the, uh, the 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 uh, the cycle here. Three-star guard Micah Mazuga was a long-time verbal to Michigan. They flipped by the new staff here, and the JUCO uh, guard Mos Jeffrey has a chance to to help them early. And then finally, Kansas kind of bringing up the rear. It's a bigger class than 2019, maybe a tick better. Um, Les Miles is dipping in a little bit in Texas and Louisiana due to his Oklahoma State and obviously LSU background. Uh, they get um, a couple of Texas kids, a wide receiver Lawrence Arnold, um, three-star kid, the, the tackle uh, Omagi Adams-Reed, and the three-star tight end Clinton a Walker are good, solid players. They got uh, out of Louisiana, three-star Keenan Caldwell, three-star linebacker Taiwan Berryhill, and three-star receiver Stephen McBride. In-state, they've got Will Huggins at tight end, wide receiver Jaquay Lewis, and uh, really uh, good quickness uh, out of his game uh, from the South Florida area, and they got good athlete uh, Romelo Dotson as a playmaker, uh, but certainly not anything that's going to likely get them out of the basement of the Big 12. Good class, but, uh, you know, solid class from a Kansas standpoint, but certainly not making any inroads into four-star kids over at Kansas. Well, that's a look at the wrap-up of the Big 12. We've got one more to go. Tomorrow we're going to wrap up and evaluate all of the Pac-12 classes. And that is spent time this week going over everybody's class in depth in addition to all the latest. So we're going to keep you up to date on everything Involving the 2021 recruiting class daily in our college football notebook, so check that out. Any coaching search movements on the assistant staff, head coaching staff, which pretty much all down uh, except for Colorado. Uh, we've got that all covered for you in our notebooks. All the draft information, uh, film room nuggets in our NFL notebooks and our college notebooks every day. So check that out. Our uh, free agent boards we've got right up now. Our quarterback grades in the NFL for. this past season, 2019, and then ranking of the potential quarterback prospects in the free agent class. So you get the free agent boards and scouting reports, the NFL, we've got um, evaluations on these college kids as recruits coming into colleges, as well as the 2021-2022 classes that we're going to spend so much time on even through this summer. So check it all out at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our scouting season offer that we have the best discount that we've ever Offered, so check that out. Thanks to the great folks at 401k Generation for providing you this podcast. The great uh, Eddie Rojas and his team are the experts in financial planning, money management, investment inquiries, whatever you need. Get your financial checkup today from him. Maybe you got your guy or gal that you use. It's okay. Get a financial checkup today with them. Get a second opinion. Call or text them. They're licensed in all 50 states. So wherever you're listening to this in the continental United States, give them a call, give them a text at 1-866-998-5879. Remember to sign up for this podcast. You can get this podcast as well as the podcasts being dropped every day on the college game and Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the NFL. You can do that by going to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, and go to Landry Football and sign up for Landry Football's conference call. So you get all of the podcasts. So great way to find it. You can also find it over at LandryFootball.com. Check all of that out today. And tomorrow, join us for Pac-12 Football and Beyond. We'll have the latest around the country, and then we'll get into a lot of details that have taken place over the last week in the Pac-12 and perhaps an update on the Colorado coaching search. Join us tomorrow. Take care, everybody.